Good morning. Today's date is 2-13-2022. This is Sunday. Unfortunately, it's not our usual recording of Saturday Night Special. Uh, last night, I attempted to record uh, the usual show and ran into quite a few technical issues. And so today, I am trying to record this as best I possibly can. Um, and also, just for everybody out there listening, uh, Troy Shelby t- will not be joining me as I record today. He is out sick, and uh, so show is mine to co- record today. So um, I'll do my best to give you the the best information I have. And we're going to start with uh, this uh, story about um, a tattooed man attacking Falun Gong information booths in New York's Flushing. Now. Normally, I don't really try to uh, interject myself into domestic politics of a foreign country, but in this particular case, this has been going on for a very, very long time. And to remind people, this is the same kind of thing that we initially, or at least we, we've been taught all of our lives, that we have fought against was religious persecution no matter where it crops up no matter you know no matter what just because christians know what that is you know christianity faced religious persecution from the romans and just because it's not happened within our lifetimes does not change the fact that it happened And because it happened, we also are fully aware of the fact that it could happen again. So that's the the reason why I bring this up, is because it's happened twice in China. Once with this fallen gong. I'm I'm pretty sure even more times than that. But the ones that we know the most about, or at least the ones I've been informed about myself, are the fallen gong. They've been persecuted in China for a long time. And they're a specifically peaceful belief system you know got a lot of merit to them but but beyond that they're peaceful they don't believe in violence and then you have the the Uyghur Muslims now I don't know any of the beliefs of the Uyghur Muslims but they're being they're being persecuted as well being stuck in concentration camps and the same things that happened to the to the uh, fallen gong are happening to them forced transplants and all that forced removal of transplant organs i should i should say they become forced donors meaning the government shows up at their their door two o'clock in the morning kidnaps them and then um takes them to a medical facility that could be um no cleaner than the men's bathroom at a 7-eleven okay which trust me they're not that clean they may look clean but they really aren't um so or, or even worse, they look like the bathroom of, of a you know a truck stop back in the 60s, where they literally do look like somebody just took crap and smeared it on the floors and walls. So, the point of all this is that this this kind of religious persecution is taking place on American soil. Now, the person who was seen a tattooed man wearing all black approached one of the booths in front of the golden shopping mall in in flushing's main street and punched one of the display boards without saying a word according to zhu wegu 
I'm not sure if that's how you spell the last, no, pronounce the last name, but I'm doing my best. But you look at this picture. If he's a, if he's a gang member, sure he's covered in tattoos. But if he's a gang member of any kind or just whatever, look at the face. That face is a smile that doesn't touch the eyes. Something can be said about that. It's a very Russian smile. Now, I know that's going to try to bring Russia into it. I'm not trying to, but that's that's a that's an expression that was used uh, back during the Cold War. If you had a very Russian smile, that means you could put a smile on your face that never touched your eyes. Because that's all they knew how to do. The smile wasn't real. It was a facade. So this right here is a picture of a communist. This guy, I dare say, probably isn't an American citizen. He's probably one of the things I've been saying has been happening to this country for the last several years is that he is one of the little green men that has been sent here to cause chaos and disruption. So, and I apologize, you can hear my son whining in the background uh, for some reason. I'm not sure what, what his issue is, but hey, let's keep going. Um, so on the topic of China and China viruses, the doctor who helped discover Omicron says she was pressured not to reveal it's mild. That has been following in a trend that we see across the board and and quite frankly it's rather disturbing that you know the right gets accused of being misinformation brokers and disinformation brokers but it's really the left that are pressuring and bullying people to not tell the truth and i think that needs to come to an end and it needs to come to an end rather catastrophically, probably with the arrest of Dr. Fauci. I don't think anything less at this point is going to do. Um, because he's the person who has been the primary source of all the misinformation and disinformation that we have received across the last, um, well, the last year. Two years. Three years. Heck, let's go with 25 years. Because he spreads, he started spreading his misinformation and disinformation back with the AIDS scare back in the 90s. Got several hundred thousand people killed due to his vaccine or treatment or whatever he wants to call it. It was experimental. But he needed lab rats. And he couldn't get FDA approval to get lab rats. So if you can't get FDA approval to get lab rats... So what do you do? You make a public a publicity scare and get people hyped up about it and so that way they start making themselves in lab rats for you. <clears throat> but, uh, you know, this, this is the whole thing. This is the whole thing that really, really messes me up about this, this pandemic. You got the people who created the vaccine, the mRNA vaccine, that are telling you it's not a vaccine, it's gene therapy, which means it's a therapeutic, because that's what mRNA is, it's gene therapy. Now, if it's called gene therapy, that means it's not a vaccine. It's, it's specifically not a vaccine because it's called a therapy. So it's a therapeutic. Simply said, it's all about how you define words. And me, I use 
the the Webster's Dictionary up until about the the uh, 1990s, because after that you really can't trust what the Webster's Dictionary is saying anymore, because that's when it started changing. That's when it started changing to be more lefty oriented, and that's when it started changing to try to re rewrite our history, which is something else I kind of want to point out from another couple of websites that I've seen. I'm not going to pull them up right now. Um, but these other websites I've seen, they have this idea trying to be pushed about a post-COVID world. You know what post-COVID world says to me? It says to me that they're trying to change the name of the epoch. Right now, our current epoch is uh, um, after death, or AD. So now they're trying to change it to PC. <laughs> Ironic, right? PC. And they're willing to arrest anybody who disagrees with them. Call in the PC police. Huh. Kind of funny, isn't it? That's a prediction I'm willing to make. And I'm going out on a limb for this one. But that's been trying to be pushed. Now, I'll get into this another time exactly why I think that. But let's uh, let's get to something else I pulled up yesterday, and I, I actually included it as the opening to the show for last night, but it didn't get recorded because the microphone wasn't picking up, so it was just a video of me looking at uh, articles and no sound. So this is uh, one of the things that kind of got me ramped up yesterday. Miss Boylan there was a protester on January 6th. Um, she had been, actually the better picture comes from this other article. Um, you can see her right here with a walking stick next to her. Um, but down here, I want you to take a look at that picture. Now I've read the story and I can tell you pretty much what's in it. Um, she had a traveling companion, somebody that she was there with. And he was genuinely concerned for her life. Now, the reason why is because she was trampled under by the crowd of people trying to get up the stairs and also out of the building at the same time. She was under several other bodies, which means several hundred pounds of people. That's enough to make you stop breathing because the weight, you, you just can't lift that weight to, to suck air into your lungs. Okay, your body just isn't capable of it. It's called being crushed. It's called being suffocated, snuffed out. So suddenly there's a police officer that arrives on the scene. This uh, this Leela or Lila, uh, oh, where is her name at? Lila Morris, Metro Police Officer, DC Metro Police Officer, Lila Morris. Um, repeatedly struck this this young lady, this this lady, uh, um, Boyland, um, in the head. You know, repeatedly struck her in the head with a steel baton, and then a wooden walking stick. So, I'd like to ask one question. Now, I saw a picture of this, and I I could bring race into it, but I'm not. But I am going to ask one question, and one question only. What caused this sort of animus? 
Now, I'm I'm not going to try to mince words here. I mean, I know that there's been racial division in our country, which, like I said, I could make this whole thing a, a racist thing, a, a black-on-white set of violence because this Metro police officer was black. I could do that, but I'm not going to because I don't think that's right. I'm not trying to cause even more division with this statement, but I am trying to ask one question. Was there a kill order on January 6th? seems to be the only thing that nobody's asking about the D.C. police. Was there a kill order? Was there a release of deadly force order given on January 6th? Now, the only person who could really give that to the D.C. Metro Police is Nancy Pelosi. Literally. Because that is her police department. At that point, they answer to her. She has direct control over them. But nobody's answering that question. I think that's probably why she was so quick to announce this uh, this commission for January 6th. She's trying to cover her own butt. I mean, that's my personal opinion on the matter. I think that she did this to cover herself, to cover her own butt, because she gave an illegal order. Because, let's face it, there's been other video footage out there that showed the front steps of the building on January 6th. And before any barricades were ever broken, you had people that were randomly pulled from the crowd and given and handed out severe beatings on the Capitol steps before a barricade was ever broken. Now, honestly, I don't know how other people look at the law and I don't know how other people view these kinds of events but I look at it as nothing out of the normal because it's our first amendment right to show up and protest okay it's literally our first and most important right so this is supposed to be this is the norm it's to be able to protest to be able to say is to be able to object to when they when you believe your government is doing wrong. That is the norm. So therefore, this is not extenuating circumstances. January sixth is not extenuating circumstances. This kind of thing should happen more often, because after all, that house, that building that they just stormed into, is the people's house. It is owned by the people. We pay taxes for it. Therefore, we're allowed to be there. We have more right to be there than Nancy Pelosi does. Absolutely more right. Now, they may say, oh, well, there's rules saying that, that you can't. And there's been laws made since the founding of this country that say you can't. Well, I don't care about those laws. I care about the Constitution. I care about the Declaration of Independence. I care about um, the Bill of Rights. That's all I care about. I believe that there should be no other laws in this country but those. Everything else should just be kind of like guidelines. But those are the only laws, because those laws restrict the government from infringing on my freedom. Those are the only laws that should exist. Because, personally, I don't go out of my way to offend anybody. I don't. I don't go out of, go out of my way to do any harm to anybody. But I do honestly believe that things like this 
are completely avoidable. Things like the January 6th debacle were completely avoidable. They were. Because they had they had intelligence saying that there was going to be a large mass of people there. So they could have had better security, right? But they could have also just been not up to no good and trying to get Donald Trump out because of mean tweets. Because all this stuff was telegraphed six, seven, eight months before the election even began. You know, that that transition project everybody was talking about before the election, that shit's real. I read through it. They really wargamed this. They had generals on board with this. The very same generals that told, uh, that, that basically called up Russia and all that and, and telegraphed a, hey, we're going to make a regime change here, so don't nuke us. Because we can nuke you too. That phone call was made before the election, before any votes came in. We're going to make a regime change. Don't nuke us. This was a planned coup. So this was avoidable. And Democrats were the ones planning it. So that's a big reason to go out and vote them out. And let's go back over to this one here. The body cam footage. There's the walking stick. There's boiler on the ground. And I imagine right over here is that steel baton. And this is Officer Layla Morris. Like I said, I could very easily make this a race thing. Not going to, though. But I am going to ask, why is Roseanne dead? Can we rule out blunt force trauma at this point? I don't know. And I don't think we can. Because, yeah, if you get suffocated, you can still be resuscitated. But if you get struck in the head repeatedly by a steel baton and a wooden stick, yeah, there's not really a lot that anybody can do to bring you back from that. Sorry. You get brain damage. Yeah, you can probably get your body breathing again, but you're going to be a vegetable the rest of your life. So, Miss Lila, I got a question for you. Were you given a, were, were you given a kill order? I think you might have been. I think. That's my opinion. But that's the question. Were you given a kill order on January 6th? I mean, after all, Ashley Babbitt was shot in the neck and murdered by a fellow D.C. police officer. Was he given a kill order? I'm sorry, but that's the only thing that makes sense because these people weren't a threat to you. They were exercising their First Amendment right. That's not a threat to you people. To you officers in uniform, that is not a threat to you. Don't ever think that it is. If you let us do what we need to do to, to voice our opinions to our to our elected officials and you don't step in our way, hey, we're not a threat to you. We're not a threat to the, the actual process and procedure of this nation. After all, that is written into our founding documents that we're allowed to protest. It's written into our documents as well that we're allowed to do so with firearms and we're allowed to do so with force if necessary to get our point across that's what the whole reason for the second amendment is is that guess what it's there to overthrow tyranny and what we've seen over the last two years with all this stuff coming out of the left this has all been tyranny they have been forcing tyranny upon us and you officer morris 
and whoever the heck he was that shot Babbitt in the neck, and all the rest of you police officers out there that keep on stepping in the way of the American people achieving what they should be able to achieve and have your assistance in doing so, you are part of the problem. We've always had your back, and then you turned your backs on us. What's up with that? But let's move on. I've got I've got lighter hearted stories. I've got uh, better news. But I want to get into uh, um, something up here that um, I want to get into something that that has been near and dear to my heart and Troy Shelby's heart, and that's the whole fight against CRT. So we're gonna skip over to that. So just over this last week here uh, on February eighth, actually. Loudoun County, Virginia, dozens of suspended students in Loudoun County attempted to serve the school board members with a stack of notarized affidavits. Now, notarized affidavits are official documents. So if Loudoun County, Virginia, now this is kind of like a telegraph to the, uh, the Virginia governor there, but if there is a notarized affidavit that is being given to the school board for the school board to look at and make a decision on, to see how it exactly applies, especially because of everything going on over the mask mandate, CRT, and the uh, sexual assaults that have happened in Loudoun County schools. Um, these kinds of things can't just be let go by the school board. They have to look at them. They have to report them to the proper authorities. And if it makes them look bad to do so, well, hey, that's just part of the, part of the you know, ball of wax there. It's called take some accountability for, for your actions, for your decisions that were wrong. Problem is, these people don't want to be wrong. So they're going to try to hide this, and I can tell you that much right now. Uh, and it, the, the story kind of alludes to that. It doesn't say that, but it kind of alludes to that, and that's my prediction of what's going to happen, that the school board is going to try to hide it. So, Virginia Governor, you've been doing a great job so far. Dig into these people. I know that you've already got an investigation into them, but... Here, I think, is a pretty juicy one for you. Um, the school board chair, Jeff Morris, asked students to give the documents to the staff instead of receiving the affidavits himself. Um, Superintendent Scott Ziegler left the boardroom afterward and didn't return until the superintendent's report session um, after public comment. See, he didn't even want to be there because he knew he'd have to talk about it, um, which that's, again, that, that's straight up, that's, that's cover-up right there. He's trying to cover his ass. An hour later, at about 9 p.m., Loudoun County Public Schools Chief of Operations Kevin Lewis accepted the documents without signing to acknowledge receipt. Now, that's a problem. You have to sign to acknowledge receipt, especially if the people that are giving you these documents say, hey, you need to sign saying that you got these. But he didn't do it. Uh, Wade Biard, uh, LCPS spokesperson um, at Loudoun County Public Schools, spokesperson told the Epoch Times, school board always welcomes written public input. Um, and he added that the, uh, that Loudoun County Public Schools would examine the papers. Yeah, I'll bet you'll examine all the way to the trash can too. Which, again, would be a federal offense mishandling of official documentation. <clears throat> now, as you can see right there, There's Kevin Lewis. Yeah, he's on the left. He's accepting the papers from a uh, 
um, an Eagle Scout. So what needs to happen here is the governor needs to investigate these people. The governor needs to investigate the school board. The governor needs to, um, to investigate these public schools. Now, Loudoun County, I know, is probably one of the more liberal places in Virginia, but the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, I, I, I've really got to ask the question here. What's up with uh, these government officials not uh, not investigating with the with the boot in the door other government officials? They say it's professional courtesy, but when you have crap that's been going on in this particular county at this particular school board that has been said to be happening, if it were any other group of people not affiliated with the government. Believe me, there'd be boots in the door. There'd be black-clad officers, guns out, shots probably fired, and everything in that freaking building seized. So you know what I'm going to say right now? I'm going to say this. The one thing that has been really pissing me off the most about this nation is that there is no parity of law. No parity of law. Now, I know what politicians say. Well, it set a bad precedent. But you know what? The precedent's already been set. We had, what, FBI or ATF in one of our senators' offices this last week um, investigating undercover as construction workers. Investigating. Yeah. So if, if, there, if D.C. police is allowed to do that to our senators and congressmen, then you know what? There should be nothing stopping a governor from going in and investigating the crap out of these crooked leftist officials. Nothing. Because if you can do it to the American people, you should be able to do it to yourselves. You understand me? If times are changing, this has got to change too. That means public officials need to be started. They're starting to be investigated like this. Especially ones that have shown a history of being crooked and corrupt like Dr. Fauci I want to see somebody put a boot in his front door and go in and get all of his work papers and bring him into the Senate for investigation at that point because dudes lied how many times to Senate this is it. that's exactly what he deserves at this point and we proved that he lied that makes him a criminal because he lied under oath committed perjury it means he doesn't have any rights anymore, right? You know, because that's that's how the American people get treated. So some parity of law is necessary at this point for us to take the government seriously ever again, or even to say, "Hey, we respect the rule of law anymore." There needs to be parity of law, and it needs to happen, and it needs to happen right now. So all my Republican compadres out there. You know, and, and law enforcement and and as lawyers and all that, you need to start putting some boots in doors. Clear these people out of government. I don't have a problem with Democrats, but I have a problem with crooked leftist politicians that want to turn America into the next into the next Soviet Union. 
you're going to say, oh, Red Scare, Red Scare, Red Scare. I don't give a shit about your historical references with that. The fact is, this country will be destroyed from within because it can't be destroyed from without. And the only way to stop that from happening is to get people like this out of office forever. So, I'm going to stop it here. I'm going to transfer this one over to Troy so that way he can extract the audio. But other than that, I will be back with another segment here shortly. Good afternoon. This is Timothy Fowdy back with part two. Um, so here's here's a here's where we're gonna start with this. Wisconsin Supreme Court rules ballot drop box to be banned in spring election. Um, now this is this is good news. It is. It's absolutely good news. So. Wisconsin primaries, at the very least, will be secure because this is for the primaries. It's basically a trial run to see how well it's going to do. Um, and I, I think that it's it's going to work. The Wisconsin Elections Commissions and other groups are seeking to extend the the stay on this, but the Supreme Court has said no. We're we're going to uh, we're going to just dump the ballot boxes, the the ballot drop boxes. You can no longer remote drop ballots you have to go into a voting location and drop them off or your city hall or drop them off or whatever but you can no longer get mail-in ballots and then just drop them off at an undisclosed locations for later pickup because that's insecure that that does give rise to fraud it gives the it, it creates the opportunity for fraud so Um, the whole argument was that they didn't have enough time to fix it, right? They didn't have enough time to make this happen, so they're asking for a stay because, you know, that's what they do. It's part of the process, but so the record before us, and this is the Supreme Court decision, um, the record before us, including the timetable for making necessary administrative changes, as outlined by the Court of Appeals, indicates that the commission can comply with circuit court's order so as to ameliorate concerns about voter confusion election and election administration before the April 5th, 2022 election commences. The commission and interveners do not uh, have not demonstrated irreparable injury or sustainable harm to interest parties or the public interest um, or the public interest will re result in a stay will result if a stay is not extended through um, April 2022 and beyond, the need uh, they need uh, the need for additional relief in the form of extended stay has not been established, and and I agree, they can get this done. I mean, look how fast they got mail-in vote mail-in voting done. I mean, heck, that was a last-minute change, really. So they got plenty of time. They got like two months. They can get it figured out. Um, and I mean the the the. The interveners and the people who started the case, they argued, well, people did it through COVID-19. Yeah, Omicron variant is kind of weak and pitiful and doesn't put you in the hospital. So, honestly, let's just call the CCP virus what it is. It's a scam. And it was to rob us of our election. So, that's good news. But then we have the... Um, 
this right here, it kind of goes back to the January 6th thing, but it's it's also about future elections too. So, Biden administration urges court not to allow release of secret report on Dominion voting uh, on Dominion voting machines. Now, the funny part about this is that this report is about the security of Dominion voting machines, about whether or not it's able to be hacked, and the arguments that these people make. Um, the arguments that they make for not releasing the, uh, <laughs> the the report is that it could assist hackers. So you're telling me that the secret report could assist hackers in hacking Dominion voting machines when you've claimed all along these voting machines are the most secure, that they're unhackable. But yet you're worried it could allow hackers to hack. Yeah, it sounds to me like you can't get your story straight, buddy. So the mere mention of that is something that's it's it's funny. It really is. It's it's hilarious. But it's also just window dressing. They know that this report comes out and the the coding gets out there. And suddenly they find out, oh, um, yeah, 2020 was a complete fraud due to these voting machines. Not to mention what other people actually did, like hijacking entire truckloads of ballots and taking them to the border and dumping them in the river. You know, not to mention entire truckloads of ballots coming up missing. Conveniently. And then, not to mention, all the ballot dumps that came in at 2 o'clock in the morning across the country in all the battleground states that probably only have people living in New York City or illegal immigrants that were given a free pass to vote. Yeah. <clears throat> so... Do I think it's going to get released? No. That's because the district, uh, district Judge Amy Totenberg, an Obama nominee, is overseeing the case. Now, I know that's not the greatest news, but Biden administration urges court not to allow release of secret report, of secret, dread of their quotes, report on the on the dominion voting machines honestly this is probably going to go up to a uh, a higher court and honestly it kind of needs to but georgia's secretary of state calls for release of the secret report and that's that's because this is about uh, virginia this is about michigan this is about pennsylvania it's about wisconsin it's about arizona you know so let's let's talk about this why is this report so important? Well, it's important because Dominion voting systems has never had had to been uh, has never been called to account for exactly how their equipment works, exactly how the programming works. They've just been given the "we trust you to do it," and that's it. I'm sorry. Whatever happened to that old adage of uh, trust but verify? Well, this is verify portion of that. 
So we're trying to verify that your systems actually work as advertised. You should be the first one to say, yes, let's verify. But Dominion Voting Systems has always been against people getting into their code and saying, how does this work? Why? Oh, it's proprietary software. Well, we're not going to try to reproduce it, but we want to make sure it's working properly. And you shouldn't have a problem with that. Like, literally, you should not have a problem with that. So, at the end of the day, what does it really add up to? Well, it adds up to Dominion Voting Machines are a Soros-backed organization and a Tides Foundation-backed organization, which is also part of the Chinese international funding. Um, it's part of their whole espionage ring. This whole thing has been influenced from the very beginning. And the reason why this secret report is so important and so much of a, a, a fulcrum of how we're going to address this next, uh, this upcoming November is because if these machines are used again, we cannot count on having an absolutely secure election because there was so much doubt cast on 2020. And I'm not saying this to cast even more doubt on, on the election system. I'm saying the doubt was cast back then. That means until this issue is taken care of and until the information is verified to be good and golden and that there's no outside influence, we cannot use these machines again. You suspect a breach in security. You reform security. We suspect a breach within Dominion voting systems. Everybody across the entire country suspects a breach in Dominion voting systems. So the Biden administrations were, were recommending you don't release this information. <clears throat> you know, what did they say a couple weeks back about that court case that, that, that the Republicans were trying to push voter suppression? Well, having our votes be cast on vote and Dominion voting systems, okay, having our votes go through those machines we don't believe it's going to be trustworthy. So by you pressuring a judge to not release the secret report and not release the support on this report so that way everybody can take a look at it and say, hey, this report found this, 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 and this, which has caused issues on recording the votes. Um, yeah. I mean, the Biden administration urging the judge to not do it is kind of a conflict of interest anyway because he's saying no don't do it don't do it we don't want people to know that our election was actually illegitimate you know that's what that kind of screams to me but it also says don't do it don't do it don't do it we're going to try to steal this next election too that's what it's saying to me i mean that's my opinion i don't have any you know evidence for that but that is my opinion that's what it screams to me and me i'm an analyst I, I i don't really need to have a whole lot of facts in order to come up with conclusions about things and be right 99 percent of the time because this is just a bunch of people just telegraphing crap but this is easy to read so we're back to ballot drop boxes and look at that it's michigan so Wisconsin banned them 
and Michigan is getting them extra funding. Private funding. And not to mention that. Oh, hey, look at that. Constitutional right. Now, all of the stories I pulled up have been from Epoch Times. They are my number one information source as far as news goes. I get other information sources out there. Just like uh, I've heard some rumblings from around the block that uh, that apparently Amazon is going full woke and that their uh, management system is starting to see CRT training, which isn't at all surprising. I work for a very large uh, corporation, an international construction corporation. We go all over the world. <coughs> and we're starting to see the same thing. Heck, in our safety meeting, and I don't leave Wisconsin. My job does not make me leave Wisconsin. Um, but my safety meeting has um, this ESG World Economic Forum crap being pushed into it. You know, I, I I made my objections known at the safety meeting. And I hope I don't get fired over it. But I have to tell them, look, you know, if this is not an American first company, I'm not sure if I can work here very much longer. Because this company needs to be America first to have me work here. Because you guys used to be. What changed? And don't tell me it's just the president that changed and that's why you're, you're doing it. Because that just doesn't make no sense. You stand on your principles, no matter what. You pick your hill, and you die on that hill. Or you fight on that hill, and you live forever. It's your choice, right? Well, this is my hill right here. I am standing up for our right to have our vote counted. And not the vote of China. China doesn't matter. Europe doesn't matter. Canada doesn't matter. Only American citizens matter in our votes. I'm also about the American economy being strong. Stronger than anybody else's because it seems like we're the only one that knows what to do with that kind of power. So the the opinions of the World Economic Forum, I'm sorry, you guys have been around since the 60s, since the 50s under different names, but, you know, you guys have been around that long, you know, and, and your whole message has been freaking kooky, Eastern Bloc crap, even since then. And quite frankly, <coughs> your rhetoric does not belong in America. Your rhetoric doesn't even belong outside of your own brains. And, uh, yeah. So, anyways, thanks, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the show. I'm sorry it's not exactly as uh, um, formal as, as the other shows, but I figure um, I had to splice this up into two parts to make sure it could upload to Rumble because I had some problems uploading my last episode, which was almost an hour long. So, this one's going to be about 45 minutes. So, anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed it. And uh, to, coin, uh, to uh, take a coin phrase from Troy over there, if you're not pissed off about things that have been happening recently, well, you just haven't been paying attention. Have a good one, people.